Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hi, everyone. This is the official Succession podcast from HBO and Pineapple Street Studios. I'm Kara Swisher. My hunch is that you're going to get fucked because I've seen you get fucked a lot and I've never seen Logan get fucked once. Is it just me or in a room full of Timothy McVeigh's, does Connor suddenly look like a Rust Belt? On this week's episode, things are seemingly back to normal following the shit show of the annual shareholder meeting. Logan and Waystar Royco Brass rub elbows at the GOP's Future Freedom Summit. As it turns out, it's an even bigger shit show, and exactly how I imagine it really goes down at these unctuous events. This is just a nice political conference of like-minded donors and intellectuals. A.K.A. picking the next president. And by oily, I mean modern presidential politics, which is just as yucky here as it is in real life, except the characters have better lines than Ted Cruz. I mean, everyone has better lines than Ted Cruz, but moving on. The agenda? Pick a president, or really anoint one. We need one voice in this so we could fall apart and hand it to the fuck-fuck donkey gang. Perhaps the most compromised character is Shiv, the former Democratic operative who now has to eat all her former values like a stale mushroom canapé served by the people she used to try to beat and pretend to like it. I'm just a corporate observer. Okay. Well, wait till the weekend's over. We'll get our white cis male stank all over you. Just when you thought she might man up, person up, woman up, whatever you want to say, and not take the photo, she did exactly what we hoped she would not. She have swallowed her shame whole and willingly to help ATN get a compelling candidate it can sell to viewers. He's box office. The guy is fucking diesel. Today I'll be talking with someone who knows a little something about box office candidates, Anthony Scaramucci. He's the famous financier and known for his brief but legendary stint as Trump's director of comms. We'll talk about, well, the vibe in these smoke and brandy-filled gatherings like the Freedom Summit and the power of a right-leaning media mogul to pick the next president. This is a window into personalities that are operating at the top. This is why the show is so riveting. This is why the show is so addicting. But first, power rankings. Who won this week? The spot goes to Roman. Without question, he ingratiated himself with Daddy Logan and got Waystar to unofficially back his choice for a presidential candidate. Perfectly played by Justin Kirk. It's going to be a fucking shit show going into the convention. I think you could really use our push. I think you could use mine. So who's down? Hi, Tom and Greg, both obsessed with their prospective jail time. Mencken actually has some advice for them. Hoard mackerel tins. You're going to need them for bartering. Greg, you, will you keep a note? But of course, who laid down the biggest power move? Well, Roman, duh. But he's got plenty of attention already, so let's dig a little. Kendall couldn't convince Tom to flip against Logan. I don't know, you think she'll still be there, waiting for you after prison? But he did get some photographic evidence of their meeting, and that's leverage. Huh, nice. Classy. It was slimy, it was low, maybe even desperate. But who says this game is graceful? And those are the power rankings for now. 
I'm worried about prison. I, I, I just feel because of my physical length, I could be a target for all kinds of misadventure. Okay, on to the show. The Future Freedom Summit is the centerpiece to this week's episode of Succession, a place where candidates, CEOs, and other conservative stalwarts mingle, talk shit, and joke about owning the libs. Some guy with an undercut just called me soy boy? Oh, don't worry, Greg. It's a nice safe space where you don't have to pretend to like Hamilton. I like Hamilton. Sure you do. We all do. The real action happens in the suite upstairs. The Roys debate who their company should back with its ATN influence machine. It comes down to Shiv's policy strategy versus Roman's desire for eyeballs with Mencken. Let's listen to Roman's pitch to Logan. He's good on camera. He's fun. He'll fight. Viewers will eat from his hand. No downside. Oh, yeah. Let's just invade Poland, Dad. No downside. Oh, no, his geez. chief of staff broke a kid's jaw at a rally. Look at that. Look at the If we don't come to an accommodation, we get outflanked, and we lose the ATN dollar machine when we need cash to fight tech. Right? And by Gojo. People hate him. They fucking hate this guy. You have to look at the climate. Climate said I was going down. Climate said I should just step aside. I guess... I'm a climate denier. Uh, I'm sorry, this is how it happens? Good night. Dad? Dad, come on, he's just, he's fucking dangerous. This kind of backroom dealing is something that most of us don't see firsthand. But my guest, Anthony Scaramucci, probably does. I met him because I trolled him on Twitter, and he was kind enough not to hate me for it, unlike many, many on the right. Uh, he had a sense of humor. Uh, so, Anthony, hi. Welcome. You, you trolled me at a conference, though, too. But you, then you invited me on your podcast, which I appreciated. So, you know, I always accept those invitations. But uh, are we allowed to curse on this? Because I'm a cursor. No, yes, okay. curse away. Please. Come on. They say, they say fuck them all the time on this show. So tell me, is CPAC more or less of a party than this? This You've been to them. I don't think you go to them now, or maybe you do. I don't know. Why are these gatherings important? This is uh, thoroughbred breeding. You're, you're out there looking at the thoroughbreds and trying to figure out which one is going to win the Kentucky Derby. What ends up happening is these guys go there to curry favor, and they go there to lock up donors. Okay, and so I call it donor pregnancy. Once the donor sperm hits the egg of the candidate, he's now locked into that candidate, right? And so candidates want to come out of there saying, I know it's disgusting, but it is disgusting. So let's describe it to our listeners exactly the way it is. It's totally disgusting. And so Ted Cruz wants to come out of there and say, you know, I'm pregnant with X, Y, Z. And, you know, Jeb Bush says I'm pregnant with Woody Johnson and, 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 and so on and so forth. And so the miracle of Trump, the weirdness of Trump is that the donors hated his ass. Again, they saw him as a caricature, a clown in the clown show, uh, but who didn't see him that way were what I call the $61 donors. Why do I call them that? Trump put up a website. His average donation to that website was $61, and he was creaming everybody in that marketplace. And so if you do well at one of these events, remember DeSantis outpolled Trump at the last event, so he's now technically in the poll position. Remember, donors don't right. want to be embarrassed. Okay, It's like backing stocks, uh, uh, pre-IPO stocks. I want to be with the stock that's going to have the highest rise in the public markets. And so 
What happens is you go to an event like that, you're watching the showcase, you're looking at your friends jockeying for social position and financial position with the candidates, and then you're like, okay, that candidate is the one that's going to make it. Now, remember, back in 2016, Trump Mm -hmm. had something that none of them had, which was magnificent star power. Uh, He had a Mm 15-year television show. He had billions of dollars of name recognition. And so when he he landed, uh, it became... A discombobulation for those guys. And let me make one for the whole group. For the whole group. But let me make, oh, let ahead, me make one more point. This is very important for people. Trump was classically not a politician. So what do politicians do? And your viewers probably your listeners can't see my hands, but they're tight, Kara. They don't make mistakes. They go into a podcast like this, they don't upset anybody. They go into a room and they have homogenized language. Well, Trump's coming in there with the Trump's coming in there with a sledgehammer. He's calling you little Marco and he's calling you lion Ted Cruz. Yep. And all of a sudden what happens is these guys can't respond to him because they're not used to the verbal wrestling match that Trump was was taking them on. And the viewers loved it. So let me ask you about that. Yeah. So is there an idea that the the media picks the president overblown or is there real truth to the theory? Do you think they still have that influence? Uh, Well, not only do they have that influence, I think if we're really being honest, it'll be upsetting to people to say this. But MSNBC, CNN, in addition to Fox News, picked Donald Trump. They kept showing him. It was like a verbal car crash. They were all rubbernecking him. But picked him. This, you're talking about an unexpected picking rather than yes. this is the one we, we grant. In the past, media often has granted like this is the one we oh, want. No question. Our, go, back to, go back to Arthur Kroc and John Kennedy and mm-hmm. Joe Kennedy and Henry Luce. They were manufacturing a president. And as Joe Kennedy, the father, said about Jack Kennedy, we're going to market him like uh, soap flakes in the in the supermarket, I'm going to put some shelf space up and make them look great. Uh, but they can't do that anymore. So the interesting thing about this episode is they're going back to that. They're trying to show you. They're trying to show you that the Roy family has this power, and they do have that power. So I want to play a clip from Roman Roy as he tries to woo the conservative candidate Mencken. I did want to talk to you about something, and fuck it, I'll just come out and say it. Fascists are kind of cool. But not really. So is that like a problem, a thing? (sighs) Seriously? People trust people who look like them. That's just a scientific fact. They will get more tax dollars to help them. Hmm. Now, you could integrate new elements, of course. But come on, man. Slowly. I mean, fuck! I like this country. Yeah. Let's just take a beat before we fundamentally alter its composition. Yeah. And in terms of, you know, this, here, there's a thing here, right? Mm. And I get it, you're, you're fucking 6G and we're Betamax, but, you know, you need us, I think. Our news, our viewers, those fucking almost deads, that's a big slice of pie. Well, if I'm the nominee, are any of them really going to vote against me? Hmm, isn't he scary? Mencken represents a very specific brand of conservative here, am I right, Anthony? He does, but he also re- represents a literally the apotheosis of narcissism. Uh, but I think what I love about the writing here is the writers have tapped into something that's actually happening in Washington right now. These people do not give a shit. Let me give you the news flash that you already know. They do not care about you. They do not care about the American public. 
They are in a quote-unquote public service position, but really what they're all about is preserving their own political power and their own personal vanity and ego. And this guy... No matter who they are. Yeah, 100%. And this guy is the apotheosis of that. Uh, He is a smarter, better-looking, thinner version of Ted Cruz. Right. Ted Cruz is all of those things, but he just sucks as a human being and he's like universally mm-hmm. hated. But if Ted Cruz could manifest that look and that self-confidence, he would be this son of a bitch. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So something fun to point out, this is all happening in a world where your former boss, the 45th president, never existed. But the specter of that candidacy here uh, can't be denied, can it? This idea of someone breaking through like that. Yeah, no question. But you see, that's another, that's the underside of America. This is what you and I talked about on your podcast two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. My upbringing, I'm a blue collar kid. My father was a crane operator. He worked a crane for 42 years. But I made it, Carol. Let's face it, okay? I'm living a good part of the American dream went to Harvard, built some hedge fund businesses. My contemporaries in my neighborhood, some of them did not. And Trump was talking to the people who I grew up with that were once economically aspirational, that are now economically desperational. Mm -hmm. And so you can have a breakthrough. You could have this lunatic that's being represented in secession because those people are very angry. And where fascism comes and this uber-nationalism, it comes from tapping that anger providing a scapegoat. And, and remember, these candidates are a manifestation of the people. Uh, they, mm-hmm. want, they want to see somebody that agitates you as a journalist, agitates me as a financier, and, uh, and, and the country's ripe for that. And what I love about the Roy family, they are so cynical. It's like, hey, I don't give a shit about that, even though this is so bad for the country and so un-American. Well, which Roman was trying to say, yeah. this fascism thing, ah, uh, problem. Yeah, yeah but, but Roman's like, you know, but whatever. But you know what, but whatever, because it's going to make me and my family money, and I'm going to live in this uh, McMansion, this Uber McMansion, in this barbed-wired security compound, while all my neighbors are struggling and going after each other with pitchforks and tiki torches. But that's okay. I've got my helicopter. I've got my caviar and my Rolls Royce. Right, and right, so right. this is, to me, this is the zeitgeist of our time. This is a window into personalities that are operating at the top. They're being exaggerated, of course. Uh, but this is why the show is so riveting. This is why the show is so addicting. So you, you recently said you hope a particular candidate doesn't run in 2024. Is there a calculus you make before coming out so boldly? Um, what, what I did was classically stupid, and it should be a cautionary tale for your listeners. I bought into Trump, and then I used cognitive dissonance to ignore his stupidity because I was like, well, his policies are going to be better. It's a binary choice. Right. I'm a lifelong Republican. Jeb... We'll get a tax deal. Yeah, whatever it was, regulation. Jeb said to me, do not go work for this guy. He is not a Republican. He is a demagogue, and you will regret the day that you went to go work for him. But you know what I did? I had an ego, 
and I had egocentrism and I had my own flaws related to my own pride. So I was trying to fit a box for myself. Mm-hmm. I went to I went to Ivy League school, but I grew up in a blue collar family. I made some dough. Now I'm going to work for the American president. But the American president is a jackass. Well, I'm going to choose to ignore that. Well, the American president is a sociopath. Well, you know what? It doesn't fit my narrative. And this is a cautionary tale of having your pride and ego get in the way of your decision making. All right. Okay. So speaking of someone who is is compromised, like you were just talking about yourself, Shiv is a character who has an awkward fit at this conference. She has a ton of liberal views. She worked uh, for Democrats, connections to the left side of the aisle, yet she's still in this conservative lion's den. I want to play a clip. Here she is with Logan Circle talking about the prospect of them backing Mencken. Look, can I say something? Uh, no. Mencken is an integralist, nativist fuckhead. He's toxic. He's Medicare for all, abortions for none. And his idea of diplomacy is shooting roe deer with Viktor Orban and then starting a trade war with China. Look, I'm tough. I know that there's the carnival bark and then there's the fucking show, but he is outside the American political tradition. And I think we have a responsibility as Waystar to the American Republic and, and to the future of... Fuck you, Roman! years and whatever. No, he My has talked about... did bring forth from her bedroom a cup of milky sputum. You done? Yeah, done. He's talked about burning Qurans okay. and licensing yeah. press credentials. He's shifting the Overton window. It's I'm surprised you know what that fucking Qurans. is. I do. He's opening it and throwing yeah. union organizers oh out of it. Stop chicken littling us. It just makes us want to have a nap. Stop in your dirty little pixie and whispering swastikas in dad's ear. Boom! There you go again. So fucking route I'm one. I'm not saying it's going to be the full third rank, but I am genuinely concerned that we could slide into a, into a, a Russian Berlusconi Brazilian fuck pile. You have a trophy husband and several fur coats. I think you're going to be fine. All right. There a fuck go. pile. Well, you see, there you go, but there's the thing. Okay, see, Roman is uh, expressing cynicism, but I actually think the most sinister person in the whole plot line is Shiv. I think she is the most sinister. She's the most ruthless. Look what she did to her brother, Kendall, uh, and she's Electra. And for those of you that remember Greek tragedy, uh, Electra conspired uh, to kill her mother, and she was the most cynical. And what happens in a Greek setup or a Shakespearean setup They're trying to show you that the female character can turn into a black widow. They can become this hugely malevolent, absolutely ruthless Mm -hmm. force. And so she's always trying to throw smoke like she's doing in that setting. But watch her actions throughout this show. She is the most ruthless person in the show. Yeah. So, but, but what's it like to be a centrist in a room at these things? What's it like to be a centrist in a room where it is shifting in a way you didn't expect, which this is happening to Shiv. She's like, wait a second. I didn't, I don't want, she was, she's supporting a more centrist character in this show. What's it like to be that person in the room? And you see people moving towards fascism. It's like having the bark of idealism stripped from the trunk of your tree. And so you grow, (laughs) you're growing up thinking, oh my God, Uh Abe Lincoln and, you know, George Washington and this country And we learn about the country a certain way. And we know through the country's history how much flaws the country has. But we do see the progress. We see the civil rights progress, the gay rights progress. And we love the country. But then when you get into that room, you see the malevolence. You see the attraction that power Mm -hmm. creates for malevolent people because they're trying to cleanse themselves from something. They all grow up in dysfunctional families. Look how... 
dysfunctional old man Roy is. He's got all this repressed anger from his upbringing. Most of these politicians mm-hmm. are like that. You know, they grew up with drug addicts or alcoholics, and now they're going to launder their family through this adulation mm-hmm. of politics. And so this is a manifestation of narcissism, and it's a manifestation of trying to heal yourself through these outward totems of success. And so they get ridiculously cynical. This is why when Lord Acton said that power corrupts, but absolute power corrupts absolutely, I saw it. In, in, in 11 short days, uh, I got a PhD. <laughs> the, 11 day, the great 11 days. Let me days. tell you something. Go it ahead. was 954,000 seconds. Sometimes I got to say it that way to my therapist. It makes <laughs> me feel better, okay? But in 11 days, I got to see the raw malevolence, uh-huh. okay? And looking into the darkness, the, the whirlpool of this type of cynicism. And oh, by the way, I'll take your eyeball out if it gets me a closer seat to the president. I'll take your eyeball out if I can get a chance to sit somewhere where I'm exerting policy or someone is viewing me as powerful, I'll take your eyeball out. Yes. What's happening right now with these meetings going on, with Trump sort of hanging over the top like a shadow? Um, what is actually happening in these in these CPACs CPAC, or meetings with stakeholders like media moguls, financiers? What's happening right now, it would be like, old man Roy when he stroked and people thought he was dying, okay? And when mm-hmm. old man Roy got hit in the, uh, in the face this season and it, you know, or the finale of last season, it looked like he was going down, and, but you can't beat the son of a bitch because there's still this youthful vibrancy to him. And so what's happening right now, there's a whole cynical recalibration going on in the party where the party's like, holy shit, Trump is not as powerful as we thought. You know, we don't need Trump. You remember the scene in Dumbo where he's got the feather in his trunk and he's flying around? And I don't know, it was a Jiminy Cricket or some character said, drop the feather, you don't need it. Trump is now the feather for that big elephant. You see that? And they have figured that out. Okay, and they're now looking around saying, we don't need the fucking feather. The feather's out of the elephant's trunk. And that that elephant's looking around saying, I can fly without this son of a bitch. Anthony, in one way, this uh, episode of Succession is also showing the power of deep pockets behind our politics, which is a little depressing. Is there is that where we are now and forever and have been? Or can we just laugh at the dark comedy about it? Or is there something we can actually do in real life? I'm an optimist because I love the country and the country's uh, neurally plastic and it's very decentralized if you look at the way the government's set up. And so you could get the rise of a reform politician and a great leader that steps into the void and explains the problem to the average citizen and then works the entire system to get that done. And I believe that's going to happen. Let's see. So I have a last question. I have a last question. Um, Who do you predict taking control of Waystar Royco at the end of all this? Who's your favorite character? And they may be separate. Shiv is going to take control of that thing. She is the most, she is the apotheosis of her father. She is the most manipulative. She's the most narcissistic. Look at her relationship with her husband or quasi husband. Yeah. And she's going to take control. Kendall to me is the most interesting one because he has a lot of self-awareness. You know, when Kendall is doing well, he blows up. You know, he, he, his worst traits come out. You know, he's read the mean tweets. I'm going to go on shows that I have no business being being on. When he's doing well, he hits the sun and his wings melt. They're government employees. I mean, how smart can they be? 
I'm not saying that. I'm saying what you think I think, right? And, and just so we're on the same page in terms of aims, for me, the wish list goes immunity for yours truly, task force for Waystar, my dad did it. Well, I don't do requests because I'm not a DJ, but I hear you. When he's doing poorly because he's so self-loathing, you have compassion for the guy, but he really can't get out of his own way. Shiv, in my estimation, is going to annihilate everybody. She will be that uh, antagonist Shakespearean figure that slays mm-hmm. the family. Is there any, do you like, do you, is she your favorite character or do you have a favorite? No, I mean, I find her fucking repulsive, actually. You know, you, you know I think my, my favorite character is probably the old man. Uh, because mm-hmm. unfortunately for me, me I grew up in a dysfunctional family. I've had my trials and tribulations in life, and he's building it from day one. So he's the guy that went from zero to one. And I'm going to tell you something about him, okay? And you know, you may get other guests that disagree. He's always saying, "Where are you? Where are you? What are you? What are you doing? What are you doing?" And weirdly, he wants that family together. He wants it together. He doesn't have the capacity to love because of all that Scotsman's nonsense, but he is the guy to me that is my favorite character because he built the goddamn thing, and at the end of the day, he's the guy that's actually still keeping it together. I need to know where everyone is and what everyone's thinking. Well, thank you, Anthony Scaramucci. You know him. He's got a podcast, too. It's called Mooch FM. Go find it or find him on cable news talking about what he thinks is important. He talks about Bitcoin a lot these days and other things. Uh, Anthony, I really appreciate it. It's great to be on. This is the official podcast of HBO series Succession, and it's a production of HBO and Pineapple Street Studio. It's hosted by Kara Swisher. Our executive producers are Gabrielle Lewis, Barry Finkel, Max Linsky, and Jenna Weiss-Berman. Our senior producer of the show is Nick White, and Darby Maloney is our editor. This episode was produced by Michael Catano and me, Shaka Mali, and engineered by Michael Catano. Production music is courtesy of HBO. You could listen to the next episode of HBO Succession Podcast after watching episode 7 of Succession on Sunday, November 28th on HBO Max. And don't forget to subscribe to The New Conversation every week, wherever you get your podcasts. Until then... Fuck! Hacks is coming back, and so is the official Hacks podcast. With us, your hosts. I'm Paul W. Downs. I'm Jen Statsky. And I'm Lucia Aniello. We're the creators and showrunners. Each week on the podcast, we'll break down the new episodes. We'll also have special guests, cast and crew from the show like Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart. Hacks Season 3 is available to stream now on Max. Be sure to listen wherever you get your podcasts or listen directly on Max.